0: Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you, our church, Sacred City Church, follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And if you're listening to this podcast from another church, we welcome you as well. Um, one of the things that we do occasionally on this podcast is we just go kind of beyond the sermon. We we, uh, we talk about uh, the sermon on Sunday. Um, what went on, what we thought, and then maybe ask some, some questions from it, go a little deeper if we need to go any deeper uh, into the conversation. And this last week, um, we are in our sermon series called Liturgy, Why We Do What We Do, and I preached on why we sing. First time I think I've ever preached on why we sing. And uh, just to let everybody know, so this is a Monday afternoon, we're sitting in my office, this is our typical Monday afternoon, 2 o'clock meeting where we talk about the sermon week in and week out, so we can constantly be kind of sharpening the ax and see what worked, what didn't work, and, and getting better, <clears throat> becoming better communicators. So in this meeting with me today is our Deacon of Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? Our Deacon of Worship, Joel Bickford. Hello. My pastoral assistant, who is not on the mic right now. He is without a mic because we don't have enough mic. Kevin Noer's with me. And our pastor of discipleship, Rob Spikesro.
1: Good afternoon.
0: There we go. You should have seen him all. His voice
2: is going to sound so good. On this <laughs> box. I already know. Start Rob. singing,
0: Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is literally how we start this meeting every single week. Thoughts on the sermon.
2: <clears throat> the thing that grabbed my attention right away is when you started breaking down um, Psalm one eighteen, and just the the. I think you said it, but just the eeriness almost of how, uh, the correlation between what was happening and, you know, Christ's final moments and the fact that Christ was singing that Psalm with his disciples, um, and then seeing the parallels between, you know, buying the festal sacrifice. And, um, I don't know, there there was just something that, that drew me into that, um, got some other thoughts and when you got further into the sermon but that was the the initial thing that I thought was wow I mean first of all just thinking of Jesus it it was a value in Jesus's life to sing and to not just sing anything but to sing the Psalms
0: um yeah powerful have you ever thought of Jesus singing before
3: uh No. no no I thought maybe he was a shouter because, like, I, I'm not a good singer. So I'm like, maybe yeah. Jesus shouts, you know, like, you know, yeah. to the glory of God. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. <clears throat>
0: well, I mean, I, you've watched a lot of Jesus documentaries or whatever, you know, Jesus stories and Jesus movies. And yeah. to my knowledge, I've never seen one where he's singing. singing
1: yeah. 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 Well, it makes sense when you, when you reference the uh, Zephaniah passage where he's referring to um, uh, just that God sings over us. Mm-hmm. And that whole idea. Yeah. And so then obviously we, we say that, and then you talk about the fact that, okay, well, here is God incarnate. Mm-hmm. He should be singing. So mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense once you kind of put those two together. Yeah, so That was good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah, that's always fascinated me, the Hallel. So Psalm 113 to Psalm 118, is that's traditionally what they sing during uh, the Passover. And uh, Psalm 118 obviously is how they... They conclude it, but those, some of the things that Jesus saying, you know, just I trust in the steadfast love. The steadfast love is- of the Lord is forever, and mm-hmm. um, you know, on His way to be beaten. It's uh, yeah. it's definitely a moving moving scene for sure mm-hmm. yeah i mean i
3: think it was uh, awesome just the three points you have we are created to sing god's word and works demands and then singing is worshiping warfare and just singing through your trials and tribulations like just hearing that it's just like well i never do that i go to you know what can i do first to try to solve the issue the problem but like going to just singing and worshiping God is just like wow, that's that's relieving. So thought that was
2: really good. I don't have like an answer to this thought, but you you spoke to it a little bit, and I, I you could probably psychologize why s- singing and music gets to a different place in the in the human soul or psyche or how, whatever it taps into. But there is something different about. Proclaiming and saying Jesus rose from the dead. There's something important about that. It's a good statement. But when you get to sing a song about it, I mean, you, I mean, almost not all the songs, but a lot of the songs we sing kind of just walk through the gospel, and it gets one of, some of them get to a point where you just like you sing about the resurrection, and it just adds a layer of oomph <laughs> to it. I don't know how, it, how like why does it mean so much more when I'm, there's a melody to this and there's and maybe we're all doing that together and there's music behind it. It's it's, it's a powerful thing that gets into, it makes it feel more true uh, or something.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's whatever happens, we're made in such a way that stories, art, beauty, music, all tap into something about who we are, made in the image of God, Mm -hmm. taps into something there. And... Just kind of didactic teaching or just proclamation. Yeah. It's it's an important piece and it is a piece and it's a vital piece. But those other things do different. I don't know. It's like the backdoor approach. It's like when you read a story and you don't realize you just enjoy the story. You don't realize the themes and all the stuff that's going on that are getting like behind all of your maybe even defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know, like so people like when they sit down to read a fiction. They're for a moment suspending disbelief. They're they're reading Star Trek or whatever.
2: Sure. But yeah. but
0: then they, all of a sudden they get caught up in the story and they're getting moved and they care about this alien being or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and and it and that can even inspire them to want to be a better human or wanting them to be more courageous and all these different things. That's something about the way that God created us. And yeah. music affects different people differently.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I love music. I do love to sing but I can tell it doesn't affect me the way that it affects my wife mm-hmm. or even my kids my kids are far more moved mm-hmm. by um, yeah. by music th- than yeah. I am I I personally <laughs> memorize quotes and lines right. and f- from books and I can't remember anything from music mm. I can't remember lyrics mm. I'm not I'm not good at Remembering lyrics for whatever it is. I was waiting
3: for you to start uh, like singing like the the breakdown of the song that you yeah, had in your sermon <laughs> <laughs> during the podcast. I thought that'd be good. No. <laughs> but yeah.
2: that was also cool too. At the end of the sermon, you you highlighted yeah. some verses that we sang, mm-hmm. and that almost had like a reverse thing. It was like we sang them, but then having you read them like poetry, almost or just as here's some here's some like listen to the truth we're singing read. That almost had a reverse powerfulness to it too. Where it was like drew attention to in a different way so
0: yeah and that that's again we're, we're trying to we're doing things and we, we know we're being formed by them mm-hmm. so we're not waiting for us to be emotional before we sing with them before we sing passionately yeah we're, we're wanting our heart to catch up to what we're declaring Correct. but also we can't just go through the motions you have to think about what you're singing right mm-hmm. yeah. and the more you understand what you're saying, and some of this is this is kind of. Uh, sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I bet you half the people in our congregation don't know what that line means, mm-hmm. and so they're going to sing it, but and it's true, and so they're declaring it to be true, which is good, and yet they don't probably <laughs> know really what it means, and so their probably heart's not going to engage the way that somebody else's heart's going to engage, who gets what that word means, yeah, you know, or that line means yeah. or whatever. So at the end there, yeah, just drawing attention to we just sang this and listen how powerful this mm-hmm. is, you know. Mm-hmm. These lines are declaring, you know, it's almost like a, I mean, a, a profession of faith too, sure. you know, yep. that, that we're declaring these things. Um, we're saying, yeah, we believe, though we've forgotten them during the week, we remember them and we are reaffirming this is what we believe and we're gonna we're gonna sing it,
2: yeah,
0: you know, we're yeah. gonna sing it over ourselves. Um, yeah, I'm shocked at how my kids can, like the, the church songs and everything else, they just, they can sing the lyrics and I'm, what's that song? What's that lyric? How's that go? Right, right. I got no idea, but my kids can sing it, so.
1: <clears throat> I was just reading this morning uh, J.K. Smith's uh, book, and I, and I can't remember the title all of a sudden, but he talks about.
0: Desiring the Kingdom?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, Desiring the Kingdom. And he talks about how our work isn't, simply informative, but it's formative, and he gets back into the desires. And so how often music moves us from just that informative stage into a formative stage where it is getting at our desires. I don't know how music exactly does that, but it does. It takes takes those words, those really good, true words, and just begins to uh, affect your affections, and Mm -hmm. you begin to love the things you know Mm -hmm. and how you know, in, in the way he described it how important that is that uh, we're not just we're not just thinking beings, we are loving beings. We're we're beings who have affections and who love those things. So that when we are in the battle, so you talk about your third point, we're in that battle and we may have the truth, we may know the truth, but it's not if it's not something that we love, it's mm. not something that is hitting our affections, we won't apply that truth at that yeah. moment. Mm. But if it's something we love, oh my goodness, then we will apply the truth to the temptation and and overcome as a result.
0: Yeah, so it's got this form of practice that's meant to get down into our gut and, and shape our desires yeah. so that when we are afraid and we are in the darkness, we still desire God and obedience and, cur- and you know more than we desire comfort
1: yeah in that moment well right? think about Christ on the cross because you go to Psalm 22 and Psalm 22 he is almost you can see and hear the cross in Psalm 22 yeah. of, that had to be on Jesus mind yeah probably I mean I can't imagine Jesus singing on the cross but you know you can sing in your head I don't know yeah. maybe he was doing that I don't know it's yeah.
0: you know yeah or at least listen you know hearing it you can hear it Replay in your own head. You you've right. got that mem- you've got it there memorized, mm-hmm. and even if it, the weird thing is, is, we know what music does, is you can hear it in one setting and it brings you back to a different mm. in your mind to a different setting. Absolutely, right? You know, like for me, it's so weird, but when I hear ACDC, immediately I'm <laughs> in my high school weight room yeah. and my high school wrestling room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like all
0: they played, and it's like, and I can feel. <laughs> Like I can, I'm like waiting for, to hear my coach's voice, you know? Or you, if you hear a Christmas, if you hear a Christmas song in July, immediately you're like, what, what is this? But then it brings you right to fall and, and, you know, Christmas time and all this, all these different things. Mm -hmm. So growing up, going to the, you know, the temple, right? And, and, and singing this, not and probably in his home, probably Jesus singing, singing in his home with his parents and singing it in the temple. And then when he's recounting it, you know, he's kind of, Going there in his mind, yeah. right?
2: right? Which, which speaks again to the uh, the efficacy of of a liturgical, not just on a Sunday, but a liturgical kind of life. If you have if you have these songs, if you have the if you if you're um, praying the prayers, if you're if you're doing these things in your normal life, when mm-hmm. it really counts, you're going to have language, you're going to have correct thoughts, you're you're, you're going to be able to pull from scripture the things that you need yeah. in the moment. Which I think just hits. I mean the the whole piece about worship being warfare and then like what you said about jesus this this is you know this is why he's saying psalm 118 before he went to the cross because he he was in a moment of you know anguish and so so anxious about it that he's he's you know sweating drops of blood and yet he's fixating his mind on the truth that he knows he's going to need in the hardest moment to believe it when he's nailed to the cross yeah. Yeah. powerful man that's yeah. so powerful to me mm-hmm. um, that and, and I think it just speaks to the the um, I don't like to think of me as a musician I don't like to think of music as a, a, a utilitarian tool but it is a great tool for teaching and learning um, truth and getting that truth where it needs to go into your heart
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and we as Christians are required <clears throat> to Um, shape our life around that truth and get Mm -hmm. as much of that truth as possible inside of our, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say, minds, hearts, you know, so that none of us, very few of us are walking around reading the Bible all the time or have it in our headphones all the time. And so when we walk into a difficult situation, the only word of God we have is that the word of God that's in our heart and Mm -hmm. mind. And that, of course, we have the Holy Spirit. He can remind us of something we read. But it just shows you how important it is To do kind of any means necessary, right? Singing, memorizing, reading, praying, um, professing out loud Mm -hmm. as much as you can to get that word of God in you so that when you need it, you know, and that Bible isn't sitting on the table for you to open it or whatever,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: whether it's the the guy from, um, what is it, flight, was it, what is it, flight 97? 93. 93. Mm -hmm. 93? Goodness Mm -hmm. gracious. It's hard to remember the numbers. It's hard to remember the numbers. (laughs) You know, I just found that so moving that mm-hmm. the last thing he says to the 911 operator is like, "Will you pray with me?" And yeah. he, you know, praise the Lord's prayer and praise the twenty third psalm. Yeah,
2: and those would be scriptural truths that would put some steel in your spine in the moment yeah. that you need yeah.
0: it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, twenty third psalm is something that yeah. you know would be would have been sung. Yeah, right? would have been sung. And we yeah. we it's short enough most of the time we can we can memorize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean I just I was just really moved by that. Um, mm. Just thinking about that, of just, and he didn't just sing the twenty third psalm and then sit down in his seat and resign himself mm. to a to, his, ne- fate. And mm. to his fate. Mm. Yeah. He, he, his last two words were "Let's, Let's roll." roll. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, Goodness. and they had yeah. concocted some kind of, you know, they were boiling water and they were throwing boiling water on the, yeah. and they fought to the death and they crashed that plane before it hit the White House, which is, wow. you know. Powerful, I think, on the you know twenty year anniversary of
2: mm-hmm.
0: of nine eleven.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when did that uh, that change? I think you talked in your sermon a little bit of like we're not, we're not going to be singing songs within our church like about us and our feelings. We're going to sing about God and His glory. Like when did that change actually like happen for you? Is it when you went to your residency um, for Acts twenty nine? When did that when did that switch happen?
0: Yeah, it began to change when um, one of the words I was using on Sunday was. Um, big God theology. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there's little God theology where we're basically pretty much in control of everything and then he helps us accomplish what we want to accomplish. Right. So we ask him into, his, uh, into our heart and mm-hmm. and he, he's just, it's basically all on us, but he's, you know, he, we need a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when, when I started understanding the sovereignty of God and I started under- understanding the glory of God and I started understanding who God was and I, I, I got a bigger picture of God it started that, that right there started to change a lot of, a lot of, you know, ways that I did ministry and thought about doing ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it was even before we went to Omaha, cause we sat, we sat down and said, when Joel and I were planning the first service, <laughs> you know, six days after I got fired, we were like, let's, we want these types of, ser- you know, we, we don't want to do some of these songs. We want to do these, these songs. Yeah. And it wasn't as, it was some, hy- it was mostly hymns and stuff, but, um, Some Phil Wickham stuff I still remember, Mm -hmm. but but then when we went to Omaha, I think it got uh, solidified even more. Mm -hmm. And we just and it's not that we can never sing about our our Mm -hmm. own emotions or sing about have us in songs. Um, It's just got to be the minority, right? We we want to sing about God more way more Mm -hmm. than we we sing about us. And so sometimes we do songs and we're like what do you think about this song? "Eh, It's questionable. I'm like, (laughs) but I think it sounds like a profession of faith. It's like, so let's sing it after around the profession of faith. And, and I think it's cool. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. I would say there's definitely been times where it's like, i sang something that I didn't, didn't give it enough thought and then regretted it immediately. And, and what, what puts stuff on the chopping block is for me, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. There's, there's enough good, content out there to where if there's something that's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if that's what we want to be singing or if it takes too much explaining or too much theological jump through hoops, it's kind of like, let's just pick the, let's pick the the hymn or let's pick the the tried and true. Um, I think one of the dangers because music is so powerful and especially when it's used in the context of the church, one of the the things I'm seeing right now is, is kind of a, a move away from the beauty of the like the simple story of the gospel being extrapolated through song. And I think there's a lot of beautiful ways that you can do that. And there's some poetic license that we should be giving people who are making these songs within reason. But I'm seeing the, the particularly the subject of sin and the language of sin and Christ as redeemer. And again, that big God theology, like he is sovereign over all of these things. I'm kind of seeing God, Um, Seeing Jesus being imported kind of on the side of these songs that instead of talking about sin being the problem, there's some sort of like struggle to overcome. And Jesus is kind of like this partner that comes in along the side of that and helps me just overcome this nebulous struggle that I'm having. I see that that might be one of the most pervasive things I'm seeing across quote unquote like worship
0: music right now. Okay, so oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I you just you just Uh-oh. you just threw something out here and I'm ready to jump on it. Okay, go. okay. Uh-huh. So, first off, one of the most pervasive things in our culture right now <clears throat> is de- sin is no longer the problem. It's something else. It's it's, you know, bad thoughts, it's insecurities, yes. it's marginalization, it's all, all these different things. It's not sin right and so once you once you've redefined sin and this was from your sermon actually a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago in on confession yeah. once you redefine sin you no longer need a savior yeah. you need a counselor yeah. no you know what you need you need an expert yeah you need an expert either a th- an expert therapist yeah. or an expert in biology or an expert in something else you need an expert and so our culture right now, is they've redefined sin. So all these different problems out there are problems for experts. And so everyone needs to find their own personal expert, whether on YouTube or wherever it is, to help you manage your problems. And what you can do is you can, if you redefine sin, but you're still going to church, what you're going to try to do is redefine the Savior. Yeah. Because you don't need, so what, what is Jesus now? Well, Jesus is an expert in relationships, Jesus is an expert in dealing with your emotions. Jesus is an expert in finances. Whatever it is that you you need your help in, he'll be your expert, which is completely different. Jesus was an expert in all those things because he's the smartest man to ever walk the planet. But primarily, Jesus Christ is Savior, and that is your greatest need. Your greatest need is that sin is bringing you to hell, Mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ is the only one that can take that sin away from you Mm -hmm. and and offer you redemption. Mm -hmm. So that can be subtle. And that can, and so if our culture's believing that, then, and and then you have an attractional church that tries to use the the current needs of society and make them relevant and make the gospel relevant to that situation, then you will be tempted to stop talking about sin. Yeah. And what people often say oh, everybody knows they're a sinner. We don't need to talk about sin anymore. Everybody knows they're a sinner. <laughs> I'm just, I know the children I live with and my children, right? And they don't believe that they're sinners. Right. And most people I talk to don't believe they're <laughs> sinners. And so I completely reject that. I think sin is still our greatest problem. Jesus is our savior. And we've got to keep that.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's where we go against the culture. That's mm-hmm. where we go against the culture. And we don't mm-hmm. kind of what language you use is co-opted or come at the side and make Jesus something
2: Yeah.
0: that he, that he's yeah. not.
2: It reminds me of the, I think it's in one of our confessions, uh, we're asking for forgiveness for uh, treating Jesus as merely a helpful problem solver. Um, It kind of sounds like what you're talking about with this expert. Like it's, Jesus is so much more than that. I mean, he, he, he's a problem solver, but it's a big problem that he's solving for us. (laughs) um, Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So I think that's good. So I think, um, so that's, yeah, that's why we, we keep big God theology. We, we focus on who God is, what he's done, uh, that's our that's our main focus when we're choosing songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, to get our eyes off of ourselves onto him from where our help comes from.
3: That's
0: good. So, yeah, any other thoughts? We got a couple minutes here. We got, so I had, yeah, I had three points. Um, God created us to worship him. God's words and God's works demand it. Mm-hmm. And um, singing to God is worshipful warfare.
1: Nice job. You got it. Memorize.
0: <laughs> Your yeah. message, man. That's it. nice. Got it.
2: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so. I, I was just thinking about the person, you know, who maybe, you know, it, some people can push them, like, I can't sing. Uh, and then you can put, I think you even said, like, I can't sing, but I can shout. You know, some people get there easier than others, maybe ber- based on personality. But to the person who's stepping into the gathering and maybe is just waiting for the music to get over with, um, I would encourage them in that point about that God's works and word uh, demand it to be obedient first and see if God doesn't bless your engagement. Your, your, take a step further in your engagement with God and worship and singing and engaging your body into whatever level you um, are gifted to be able to do that. And if that's just shouting or lifting your hands or being engaged, um, I'd be obedient be obedient to the Lord in that and see if he doesn't fill you with joy and, and fill you with himself. Um, yeah. Cause I can see, I think I can see some people that they want to be there, but they're not really sure how to engage because it's not, doesn't maybe feel like it comes natural to them to engage musically or, you know, in singing. But.
0: Well, I would say also, and I didn't have time to go into this, but God's words and God's works demand it. What that means is the more you understand God's words, the more you're going to want to sing because Mm. it's going to move your heart in such a way that the natural reaction is to sing about it. And the more, look at the psalmist, how often, just think about this, how often they think about creation. How often they talk about the trees singing, clapping, or the trees clapping their hands and Mm. the heavens Mm. declare the glory and mountains do this and the seas do that and look at the ant and look at this. (laughs) What They're... In, they're like letting creation speak to them and it's pointing them back to a creator. Mm-hmm. And this might be, you know, a result of staring at our phones too much and yeah. staring at somebody else's creativity, another human's creativity, mm-hmm. staring at our TVs and Netflix and all of our things, instead of getting outside and, the Proverbs, go look at the ant, yep. you know, like... Yep go look at the bugs go look at the birds go look at god's creation go walk in nature and just think about who it was that made that that invented this yeah. thing
2: yeah
0: you know um yeah so
2: yeah
0: and hope- and i think the more we think about god's words and god's works the more our heart is going to be stirred yeah and his providence too you know his providence the way he uh, sees us and knows our f- frame and the way that he r- r- lifts, you know, raises nations up and pulls nations down and mm-hmm. he thwarts their plans. Um, it's really just chasing his fingerprints, chasing his hand. And that's going to give you more confidence and more, more, reason, more reason to worship, more Amen. reason to sing. Yeah, so, Alright, we've got another meeting coming up so that's all we've got for you. If you've got any questions on why we sing, Go ahead and email me at Church.com, and we'll do our best to answer those for you. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye.